Well, good evening. Hey, Sherry, come on, wake up back here. <laughs> okay, I will. I'm going to have to. <laughs> Glad to see everybody here tonight. And trust you've come to worship the Lord. And come to the hope that you have come expecting God to do something wonderful in your heart and life tonight. Let's begin by going to the Lord in prayer. Stand if you can and will. And let's go to the Lord and invite his presence into our, our midst and ask him just to have his way in all of our service and then prepare our hearts to worship him in song when we're done. Father God, as we come to you tonight, we thank you, Lord, for again, for the privilege, for the opportunity we have to be in your house. Thank you, Father God, for all that you are and all that you do 
in our lives and for us and through us. And Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that we have the opportunity, Lord, to come in bef- into your house gathered with your people to worship you, to praise and honor you, to glean from your word and to learn from it, Lord God, and to just be able to go f- out from this place touching the hearts and lives of those that we come in contact with your life and your love and your power touching them, Lord, through us and ministering to their hearts and their lives. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place tonight. Guide and direct us and lead us, Holy Spirit, we pray in all that we do that it may bring honor and glory and praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to God our Father as well, Lord, that the kingdom may be established, that it may grow and develop and and expand, Lord, so that people may know that Jesus is Lord, that he is Savior and Lord of their hearts and their lives, and that he is there, you are there all the time to guide us and direct us. You never leave us, you never forsake us. Father, you are with us always, and we thank you, Lord, for that promise tonight, and for all that you have done, and all that you're doing, and all that you will do tonight with us and in us and through us, all for your honor, all for your glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. closer than a brother, God. Father, we thank you that we can leave our burdens with you, Lord, and just walk away from them, God. 
Father, I pray tonight, God, that if there are heavy hearts or burdens here that are being carried, God, that you remind us, Lord, that we don't have to carry those on our own, God. That you made the ultimate sacrifice to carry those for us, God. Remind us to cry out to you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hear my cry, O oh Lord.
that our cry tonight because the thing is church if we are where he is if we're near his heart he has our undivided attention I'm reminded as school teacher would have to say y'all give me your attention but this is not God demanding this is God saying I want your attention, but you're going to have to give it to me. He wants to be with us. His heart's desire, not just for us here tonight, but for everyone that's outside these four walls, everyone that's watching this or may watch this in the future, God wants to be a very real part of our lives. Every day from the... 24 hours a day. I start to say from the time we get up to the time we go to bed, but he wants to be there when we're asleep because things happen when you're asleep that you don't know about. You know, we're asleep. I mean, it's the whole point. But to know that he's there, to understand that the God of the universe, the God who controls the vast expanse of this universe as far as scientists can figure out how far out it is. That's the very God that is your Father. If Jesus is Savior and Lord of your life, God is your Father. And He wants to be where we're at, but He wants us to want Him to be. And I, that let's just for a moment, just cry out to him and say, Lord, I do want to be where you are. I do want to be near your heart. Father, 
we thank you tonight. Because as that song says, I can't walk away from your love. Lord, I have not seen, I have not found, I have not experienced in my own life anything that even begins to compare with the life and the love that we have in you through Jesus. Father, it is our desire to be close to you. It is our desire, not just when we gather together for worship, but Lord, every day of our life, from all of our activities, whatever they are, wherever we go and whatever we do, Lord, help us to realize, Father God, that you are near to us. You're walking with us. You're guiding us. You're directing us. You know what's coming to, into our lives. You know what's coming into our path. You know, Father God, all about us, and yet you choose to walk with us when we make Jesus Savior, Lord of our life. Thank you, Lord God. That is such an awesome privilege. It is such a wonderful thing to think about that the very God of creation is my heavenly Father and the heavenly Father for every man, woman, boy, and girl that knows Jesus as Savior and Lord of their lives. Thank you, Lord, for that. And we praise you for it, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated tonight. Thank you, Sister Julie and Brother Dennis. I don't want, I don't want to be the kind of person that forgets to say thank you for all that people do that you don't always see. <laughs> and we see them, but uh, we are very blessed. I enjoy listening. And uh, it's amazing to me. I would have never thought Sister Julie, my prayer would <laughs> confirm. A lot of times her songs confirm what I'm going to preach. <laughs> Brother Gary had said the same thing. But, uh, you know, that's how the Lord works. He puts it all together. I haven't seen Julie since last Sunday night at church. She hadn't seen me, so, you know, we didn't collaborate this, but the Holy Spirit always knows how to collaborate, always knows how to put together. You don't believe that? Look at the Bible. How many different people did God use over some, I think they believe, 1,500 years to put together this book? God had it put together in his head before he ever started, and he knew exactly what he was going to do with it. Amen. Just you love him tonight. We appreciate the Lord. I want to remind you of our announcements uh, this coming Saturday. Guys, men's breakfast, 8.30 in the morning. Peel your eyes open and awake, and hopefully some of us will wake up in, <laughs> in time. <laughs> uh, we'll try. Uh, and next Saturday is prime timers here at the church in the fellowship hall. Not this Saturday, the 28th, not this coming Saturday, sorry. I'm jumping ahead. Saturday the 28th. This coming Saturday is, is men's breakfast. And the Saturday after that is prime timers at noon. And we do not care how old or how young you are. Come be a part of us. We just like having fun. We like fellowshipping. We like, and I'll tell you what, these people around here can cook. And well, uh, I assure you that. So we just encourage you to come, uh, you know, say, well, I've never been before. Well, try it once. You might like it. <laughs> and we'd love to have you. We really would. Uh, I think we'll be doing potluck and you just bring something. What did you say it was? Your favorite winter dish? Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> well, that could be true. It's not, I don't think it's supposed to be too bad. It's supposed to be. Uh, no, that's this Saturday. Never mind. I don't know what next Saturday, a week from Saturday, is supposed to bring. But anyway, just something. But come, and then we'll have games after that. Uh, 
You have to watch some of the, I do will warn you ahead of time, some of these ladies get really riled up, Miss Linda. <laughs> No, 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 not the other one. <laughs> uh, but it's fun. It is fun. We, I, I enjoy, I enjoy listening, watching them, and, and sometimes getting in on some of that too. So it's good. It's fellowship, and it helps us to, to bind together as well. So remember these, if you will. I want to go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, remember all the needs that are on the. Uh, prayer list and continue especially to remember Lori Franks tonight. Um, the last I saw was that they were planning on taking her off of life supports. Sister Linda? Oh. oh. Okay, so they did not. They postponed that till sometime next week when all the family I guess can get together and discuss it but you know what I th this you know what I'm going to say God's able to intervene right now at this very moment in time God is able to do the miraculous and I believe that he can I believe that he will if we'll believe him I believe that God will do it and so we want to remember her. We're going to start off praying for her first off, and then we'll take the rest of these needs before the Lord as well. But let's remember Lori. Yes, me. Oh, goodness. I just remember Brother Jerry Atkins put on, they put him on hospice. And so let's pray for him and Sister Karen as well. And just hold them up in her dear, they're a very dear couple. Uh, uh, to my heart, I don't know about anybody else, but we just, they're very, very quiet, very loving people. And so let's remember Jerry and Karen tonight, just that God will intervene and uh, that his will will be done uh, and that things will, will proceed peacefully and, 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 and with the least amount of pain possible, you know, and he, as far as we know, we're sure we believe he's ready to meet the Lord, but you still don't want to, <laughs> sometimes you don't want to let go of them, but uh, let's just pray for them and pray for their family. Uh, it's difficult on, on families, so um, I kind of know a little bit what that's about uh, myself from personal experience, so we know how to pray. So let's remember Jerry and Karen and their family. Anyone else tonight need you'd like to mention? Sister Chair, uh, Kim, sorry. Yes, I'm sure. Okay. And what's her name, Kim? Johnetta Blankley. And remember, her husband fell off a 14-foot roof, broke his back and both of his arms. So, mm, this is not, not good. <laughs> yes. Faith. Let's remember uh, Faye. This is a, Faye's good friend. She's known her since she was like since Faith since Faye was about eighteen. Since yeah, since Faith Faith was eighteen. It's hard when their names sound so much alike, but 
Faye has, Faith has known Faye since she was about 18 years old, and they're really good friends. So remember her and your prayers tonight, and continue to remember Faith's sister, Sheila. I'm sure she'd know. She's been doing, we saw, they sent pictures of her brother and his wife, and then her youngest son and his son had come to see her, and she was looking pretty good. And then he said, talking, you know, we talked, prayed about, she went, couldn't talk, and they sent her down to UT Southwest, and, and they give her some medicine, get, did a, some kind of scan or something, give her some medicine, send her back to the, uh, to the rehab, and she's talking, so, <laughs> yeah. So, but she still needs our prayers as well. So let's remember her. Anyone else tonight, brother? Okay. Okay, let's remember this grandbaby and Connor McDougal in our prayers. Brother Ron. All right, we'll remember that. Say, brother, pray for Brother Ron. Anyone else? Okay, let's remember Rick and Sherry's son, David Meyer, in our prayers that the uh, Lord will help him. Uh, maintain sobriety <laughs> and stay on the on the straight and narrow if you can, if you will. And God can help us to do that. You know, we can just pray God will help him to do that. All right, anyone else? Do I miss anybody? Because all these are important and the Lord knows about them. All right. Uh, let's just join together in prayer, each praying in your own way, and let's ask God to intervene tonight and touch these hearts and lives. Father God, we come to you again. Knowing, Lord, that you are God who heals. You are a God who delivers. Lord, you are, Jesus, you are our great physician. You know what we need. You know how to fix what's wrong with us. Lord, from the moment we call out to you, you know all about us because you have created us. You know us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. You know how every organ and part of our body functions, Lord, together and works together. Father, Lord, there are many tonight that their bodies are not working like they ought to and not working, Lord, like they should. And Father, we're just asking you to touch and to heal. Father, we pray, Lord, for Lori Franks tonight. Lord, in that hospital room, we pray, Father God, that her lungs will begin to breathe Father, we speak your life into her, Lord God, that her heart will beat like it's supposed to, that her lungs and all of her internal organs will begin to function as they are supposed to as your healing power reaches down and touches her and gives her the deliverance that she needs, Father God. And we just thank you, Lord, at this moment in time, Father, that you're touching her and ministering to her. We pray, Father, for... uh, 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 Jerry and and, uh, Karen Atkins tonight. Lord, we pray, Father God, that you would touch him, minister to his heart and life, touch Sister Karen, be with their family, guide and direct them. May your peace and may your comfort be with them. May it overshadow and envelop them, Father God, in such a way that they know that you are right there with them, Lord, in the midst of this circumstance, in the midst of this situation. Father God, we pray for rest in Jerry's body. We pray, Lord God, that your spirit will move 
move upon him and Lord that you will cause rest to come Lord and minister to him in his body tonight Father we pray Lord for Connor McDougal Lord asking you to touch and heal him Father that this this uh, this COVID and this stuff Lord that you will heal it and get it out of his system and get it out of his body that his lungs will begin to, to, to uh, uh, respond to your touch uh, and they'll begin to breathe deep and, and to remove all of those things and Lord that you will lift him up Lord touch their grand uh, Dave and Marla's grandson tonight touch and heal him Lord may every part of his body that's suffering be healed in the name of Jesus may healing and breath and life be flow through him Lord God and help him to heal and become the, the, the young man uh, of energy Lord that you've made little kids to be and we pray Father God that you will do that uh, Father minister Lord and these other Lord touch brother Ron tonight I pray Father God that you will stretch forth your hand touch his back Lord just may your healing power flow Lord God from the back of his neck all the way down to, to the very uh, end of his spine Lord may your healing power touch and flow and through him and minister Lord God may all pain be relieved and released off of his body in the name of Jesus Father God, minister, Lord, in all these hearts and lives. Touch Sheila, continue to minister in her heart and in her life as well. And Lord, all of these needs that we've mentioned, Lord, may you show yourself mighty and may, Lord God, and in, in, in also in Faye's life, Lord, that you touch and heal her. Lord God, and minister to her this healing, Lord, of her broken neck. Let's heal it, Lord, and touch her right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord God, and have your way, Lord. Guide and direct us as we study your word tonight. And may you guide and direct us and may we be challenged. May we be stirred and motivated, Father God, to reach the loss for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, by phone or by you brought the real thing, <laughs> we want to look at for a few minutes the book of Isaiah, chapter 48. As I began thinking about what the Lord would have us to talk about, He dropped one word in my spirit. And it was suddenly, okay, Lord. So I went to looking, and there's a lot of places in the Bible where the Bible talks about God doing suddenly. <laughs> and I believe in a God of suddenly. I believe a God of, of, at the moment it's needed, there it is. And I think this is, but I, I like this verse of Scripture, and I want to use it to, to kind of, be the basis of what we talk about for a few moments tonight. Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 3. Now I'll read this. I'm reading from the ESV version, uh, but I think you'll be able to follow along. The former things I declared of old, they went out from my mouth and I announced them. Then suddenly I did them and they came to pass. Interesting portion of scripture. When I think about the word, we look at this and there's a lot of things that God has said and is saying to us today. But there comes a time when God moves suddenly. Stop and think about Mary and Martha. We've heard a lot about them lately. Brother Duck preached about it Sunday night. 
he has the same opinion about uh, Lazarus coming out of the tomb that I did. <laughs> That's the only way I know that boy got out of there. But the Bible says that, remember that Mary and Martha both had said, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And he says, show me where he's, you buried him. And then they begin to make their, yeah, but, but Lord, if we'd roll the stone away, he's going to stink. Nevertheless, at your word. The Bible says that Jesus prayed his prayer, and then he spoke loudly. Lazarus, come forth. And out came Lazarus. In that moment, in that instant, suddenly God's power was revealed. It was always there. Jesus was trying to get Mary and Martha to understand, I am the resurrection and the life. It doesn't matter what you thought about beforehand. It doesn't matter what, is, what it looks like. It doesn't matter how long it looks like it's taking. I'm still the resurrection and the life. I'm still the one who has spoken. God says through Isaiah that the former things I declared of old. He said, I've said things. One of the first things that he talks about, is, and it starts in Genesis with Adam and Eve in the garden when they had sinned. The first thing that he talks about is there's coming salvation. There's coming a Savior. What did he tell Adam and Eve in the garden after they had had their talk and God clothed them and they talked them? But he made a promise to Eve. He said, your seed, his seed will bruise your seed's heel but your seed will bruise his head. And we stop and think about that sometimes, but we don't really understand. But a lot of times in medicine, head injuries are the most difficult for medical science to have to deal with. Traumatic head injuries, more often than not, lead to death. I have a cousin of mine was hit uh, by a drunk driver. He was driving riding his motorcycle, and from the looks, if it was lit up as, as pretty, it was painted. He, you know, you saw it, but the guy was drunk and didn't see him. Unfortunately, and I, the first thing when my uh, my girl cousin Debbie called me, she said Randy's been hit, and I said, "Well, was he wearing a helmet?" She said, "Honey, you know him like I do. He probably wasn't." He eventually, it took several months, but he eventually passed away from those injuries. Head injuries are dangerous. They are serious business. They are as serious as a heart attack in a lot of cases. But he made Jesus, God made a promise to Adam and Eve when he talked about that stuff. He talked about this. He goes through the whole book of the Old Testament. There are scriptures after scriptures after scriptures. We could spend all night and tomorrow and tomorrow night going through the scriptures that talk about the promise of the Messiah, the promise of salvation. Reminds me of a sermon I preached the other day. Hold on to the promise. But the promise God said, I have been talking about it of old, but suddenly... I acted and it came to pass. The Apostle Paul tells us that when the fullness of time was come, talking about Jesus, God sent his son through a virgin. 
and brought us the salvation. What did Jesus say about himself? The law was there. In the Old Testament, that was what they had to go by. But Jesus, when he came to this earth, said, I did not come to do away with the law. I didn't come to do away with what wrote, what the, the law that I wrote on those tablets of stone and gave to Moses. He said, I came to fulfill it. What was happening? It was prophesied beforehand. All of this was going to take place. His birth was prophesied. His life was prophesied. His death, his resurrection was prophesied years and hundreds of years before. God says, I have said it. The things of old I've already said, I've already told you about. I have spoken that. I've announced it, proclaimed it out of my mouth. But suddenly, I acted and it came to pass. Sometimes we need a suddenly in our life. There's times when we need a suddenly in our life. Now it may be like Mary and Martha. It didn't come like they thought it would. But he's God. He said suddenly I acted. Nobody told him to. Nobody prompted him. Oh, Lord, you, you see this going over here? You really need to act on this right now. And it's God's going, uh, I think I'm in charge here. In fact, I know I am. I, I, I'm being guilty about, Lord, what are you waiting so long for? <laughs> I mean, this would have been nice if we'd took care of this long time. <laughs> but see, the point of it is, what happens, what happens in the meantime? Do I, am I going to trust him? Am I going to believe that what he has said will take place just like he said it would? Has he ever failed to fulfill a promise? No, he never will. He cannot. He cannot lie. He is truth incarnate, if you will. The truth is in him. The truth is from him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He was prophesied. God spoke it and said it's going to happen. God spoke creation into existence. The Bible does not say anything about God physically doing anything until he got to Adam. He spoke the animals into existence. He spoke the water. He spoke the land. He spoke everything out of nothing. He made this universe. Out of nothing, he made the earth in which you and I, on which you and I live. I read a story, I think it was in Reader's Digest years ago, that somebody was making a statement. They were studying about all this stuff, and they, they finally came to God and said, God, we think we've got it figured out how to make a human being. We know all of the chemicals. We know all of the substances. We know all of the elements that man is made of. And we think we can do that. We think we're as good as you. And the story goes, God says, oh, really? Do it with nothing. Do it with nothing. He spoke this universe into existence by the word of his mouth. And when he speaks, the day will come when this world, this universe will dissolve. He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. 
the old things. He said, I've talked about them before they ever started. I've told you about them. But he uses the word suddenly. Why does he use the word suddenly? Because people were warned. Stop and think about for a minute, if you will. Noah and the ark. The writer of the book of Hebrews tells us that Noah spent 120 years building the ark. And then people look at him going, uh, you know, within reason. Sister Carol, they're going, you silly old man. What are you building that monstrosity for? You know, property values just plummeted by thousands of dollars. But Noah told them, and I believe with all of his building, Noah told them, God said the day is coming when it's going to rain. It hadn't done that ever since we've been alive. Doesn't make any difference. God said it was coming. 120 years. But the day came when suddenly God told Noah, you guys get in the ark. And the Bible declares to us that God shut the door. There wasn't a pulley system. There wasn't anything like that. God shut the door and sealed it. And then the rains came and the fountains of the earth broke apart and began to come up. And all of those laughers and all of those scoffers and all of those mockers, do you know where they ran? Do you know where they headed to? They headed to that monstrosity that Noah had built. They banged on that ark, but they were too late. Suddenly it happened. Suddenly the earth burst forth. The water began to come from everywhere, seemed like, I would think. But the thing about it was, when it happened, it happened suddenly. But they had been warned. They had been told. Noah had told them. They were without excuse. All they had to do was, okay, Noah, what if you're, if you're right, can I join? Nobody wanted to join him. Why is it so hard maybe today for people? We've heard that stuff all of our life. I got better things to do. The thing about it is, church, people don't realize that one of these days there's going to, become, there's going to come another suddenly. And I'll get to that in a minute. There's a second suddenly I want to talk about. One we know in Pentecostal circles quite well. Acts chapter 2. But God had been talking about that back in, in the Old Testament as well. We know what happened on the day of Pentecost. The Bible said suddenly, and there was a sound as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the room where those 120 were gathered. And there set upon them like it were cloven tongues as of fire. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the Bible goes on to tell us that there were people from all around the known world at that time. But they heard this 120 different people speaking languages they did not learn. But they were praising the God of all creation. They thought, oh, they're a bunch of drunk folks. I don't know. I've only seen a few drunk people in my life. And to, they may have been talking in tongues, but I'll tell you what, it wasn't intelligible. More like babbling, you know. I've not met a lot of them, but I've seen some sometimes. They don't make sense. These men were making sense on the day of Pentecost. 
They said, because the question was, they're, they're drunk. No, they're not drunk. It's just the ninth hour of the day. It's just for early in the morning. They're not drunk. They haven't been drinking. But the thing that you notice, if you want to, how come we hear them speaking the praises of God in our own language? God had prophesied it. In the book of Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. In Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3, I won't read these. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27. God spoke of the day when he was going to pour his spirit out on all flesh. And the book of Acts declares, and we are still, I've heard preachers say to more than one, we are a, to be a continuation of the book of Acts. If we're spirit-filled people, we need to be seeing some things happening as we pray and believe God for. Maybe we need, the world needs to see somebody with the faith of a Peter reach out to a lame man that's been lame from his mother's womb and say, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk and reach out and grab his hand and pull him to his feet. And the Holy Spirit and the power of God completely and totally creates a man with balance, with the ability to run and leap and walk without stumbling. You don't do that. If you've been lame, for 30 some odd years, there's no muscle tone, there's no tendon ability, no cartilage, nothing. There's nothing there. And in a moment, in an instant, God puts everything there that needs to be, including the ability to use those muscles and walk as straight as any person that had been walking for all of their life. It was prophesied. The things I declared the former things long ago. And they went out of my mouth and I proclaimed them. What does he also say? I'm reminded of that verse that says, My word shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish the thing which I sent it to. My words. My words will not return to me void. They will not return to me, God saying, without them accomplishing what I set them to do. Amen. This can go so many different. I told my wife, I hope I don't overwhelm people because I get to thinking about all these things. What did Jesus say? In my name, you will cast out devils. In my name, you will take up serpents and they will not harm you. In my name, you will heal the sick. You will raise the dead. It was his promise to us. That's his word to us. It will not return to him void. The world will sit there and scoff. The world has always scoffed. The devil has always made fun of the children of God. And he's not going to stop anytime soon. But I am still convinced that the Bible declares, the Apostle Paul writes to us, uh, in the book of Romans chapter 8, for we are more than conquerors through him, through Christ who loves us. That's God's word going forth. 
How do you know that? The Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for, you know, for correction, that the man of God may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. His word has gone out. It will not return to him void. It will accomplish the thing that he wants it to accomplish. It will do what he made it to do. Salvation is still real. Jesus is still on the throne with his father. He came. He lived. He died. He rose again. He sits at the right hand of the Father and he ever lives to make intercession for his people. And that's what he's doing right here, right now for all of us. He is doing that, not just for us here, but for every born again child of God across this entire world. He's making intercession for his church. The Bible says that's what he's doing. It will not return. I have spoken it long ago, God says. The words went out, and I proclaimed them. Suddenly, I acted. The disciples were told what to do. Get in the upper room. Here's where you go. You tarry until you be endued with power from on high, Jesus told his disciples. And they obeyed. What happened? They went into that upper room. They were praying. One mind, one accord. Yeah. Unity like I don't know the church has really ever seen unity like that since then. Sad to say. God help us to get a hold of that. And there's one more thing. He said, I'm coming again. I'm coming again. Jesus said, if I go away, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus said that. And it still goes back. How does that tie in? If God said that what he proclaimed long ago would happen, Jesus is his son. You remember the disciples one time asked Jesus, show us the Father and, and, and we'll be happy. That, that's my version of it. It sufficeth us. We don't use sufficeth anymore. Hard to say. You almost have to have a speech impediment. But in my Oklahoma English says this Lord, show us the Father, and we'll be happy with that. Well, what did Jesus tell him? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's exactly like his Father. And if God can do it when Jesus does it, it's the same thing. The centurion, I think about him. He came to Jesus, said, I've got to, I believe it was his servant was sick. And Jesus said, this is, it's interesting when you stop and think about this. He says, listen, I'll come to you. I'll come here. Hey, I'll go with you. Show me where he's at. And he said, no, 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 please. I, I appreciate it. I respect you. He makes this statement. The centurion makes this statement. And a lot of the Jews didn't get what this Roman centurion, a Gentile, got. He said, I am a man under authority. I know what authority looks like. I know what it acts like. I know what it talks like. And you're it. All I ask you to do is say the word, and my servant will be made whole. And he meant what he said. Who knows how far away that servant was? He may have been not far away. He may have been four or five miles away or 100 miles away. Probably not, but... 
Jesus said, it's done. He goes back and finds servant. What time did he get well? The same minute Jesus said, your servant is healed. He was healed. There's no limit to God. The only thing limiting God's us. Mm -mm. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord. That's the only thing limiting God is us. He speaks. If he spoke this world into existence, and I believe when he said, let there be light, shazam, there was light. He's brother, one of Brother Gary's words. It's like, boom, there it is. You know, everywhere, light, just stream, streaming out from everywhere. When Jesus spoke, your servant's healed, he was healed. When he cursed the fig tree, The Bible says he came back three days. Oh, Lord, look, it's dead. I don't know about you, but if I had been Jesus, I'd be going, what am I going to do with these kids? They didn't realize even then. They did eventually. Thank the Lord they finally got the picture. Thank the Lord hopefully we'll get it. That Jesus said what he meant. And he meant what he said. And when he cursed that fig tree, it died right there. Yeah. It flat went. Apostle Paul writes, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52. I've got to turn there and read it. I want to get it word for word. He says, first of all, it starts, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. I love these. This onion paper is not very good. I have to try to find stuff on. Into right verse, will you? Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, he wasn't talking about batting your eyelashes. Twinkle. It happens in milliseconds. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. Suddenly. You've heard it all of your life if you've been in church very long. It's coming. And church, it's coming suddenly. Jesus said, I'm coming like a thief in the night. Suddenly. Suddenly, I'm coming. The world will go about its ways of doing things like they've always done. Yeah, them silly Christians. they just so dumb. We'll see who's dumb. You wait when that happens, and there'll be a lot of people running. And I believe this with all of my heart. They'll be running. They will literally bust the glass out of the doors to get in. 
but it'll be too late. It's going to happen. I do not know when, and God doesn't tell us when because he knows there's people that are just lazy enough to wait till the last minute to go through the door. He said, be ready for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man comes. Well, when things get better and when I get everything in line like I want, it, and no, you do it now because you're not guaranteed the next minute of your life. Life is short. If you live to be 160 years old, life is still short. You compare it to eternity. If there's anything I'd kind of like to ask my, my mother right now would be, what's it like? <laughs> but I have a feeling. She says, I've been here all along. I don't think there's any concept of time there. My parent, grandparents have been gone a lot of years. And I was like, y'all been gone? If I were to talk to them, we just got here. Or we've been here forever. <laughs> I don't exactly. I don't know how it is. Doesn't matter. But I believe it. It exists. I believe it's what he said is true. First Thessalonians, another one y'all know quite well as well. Not as good at finding scriptures as I used to be. He says, "For the Lord Himself." shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with him. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I'm not so sure everybody's going to hear that trumpet, but they're going to know, they're going to see the reaction. I don't see the wind, but I can sure see what it does when it comes whipping down the plane. That wind changes direction, you know it real quick. You didn't see it coming. You might have heard it, but you didn't see it coming. But I believe that hit that is just as true it's all of the rest of this book. And I want to end this just tonight because, as a, with a warning as well. Not for those that are ready to meet God, but for those that are not. The Bible talks about, especially in the Old Testament, God mentions several times about those that scoff and those that mock and those that you know, they're just doing all kinds of evil stuff. There's several different scriptures that I read in my study that says, and suddenly calamity comes on that individual. For the person that knows to do good and does not do it to him, it is sin. Sin has its reward. And unfortunately, sometimes it comes very suddenly. It's serious try to play games with God it's serious to try to manipulate think you can manipulate God I'm going to tell you something God's way smarter than that
God knows everything. They tried it. Go back and read the, this four Gospels, how many times they tried to manipulate Jesus or trick Jesus. or you know, and They couldn't ever do it. Why? Because he's God. But it will be serious to leave this world unprepared to meet God. Well, I don't believe the Bible's true. Well, let me ask you this. What if it is? What if it is? Child of God for us, what if it isn't true? What have we lost? Nothing. But if the Bible is true and we refuse to believe it, people refuse to believe it, what have they lost? They have lost everything. It's serious, that part of it. And I don't, I don't want people to think, well, you know, God made a lot. Of, yes, he made a lot of promises, but he also gave a lot of warnings to those that would not listen to him. He told the Hebrew children, if you serve me, you will be blessed. Deuteronomy chapter 28, I believe it is, is that chapter where he lists the blessings, those that hear my voice, those that follow my commandments. Here's how they'll be blessed coming in. They'll be blessed going out. They will be blessed in their lying down, in their rising up, in the city or in the country. The work of their hands will be blessed. The things they set their hands to will prosper. All of these blessings for those that hear and listen and obey. But you read the other part, rest of that 28th chapter, and he tells about what will happen to those that do not. God is fair enough and loving enough to tell you, here's both sides of the story. Here's both sides of the page. If you do, here's what you will be blessed with. If you don't, here's what will happen. And God takes no pleasure. God takes no pleasure in punishing people. But sometimes he says, if we keep doing what's wrong, we will, we will get what we deserve. And my, my uh, emphasis tonight is not to scare you, but to say, look, God wants you as part of his family. God wants you to be a part of that great home going. I don't know when it's going to happen. doesn't matter. If it doesn't happen in my lifetime, that's fine. If I go to my grave believing that Jesus is the Christ, that he's coming again, that day will come when that trumpet sounds, wherever this body of mine's put, God will resurrect it. I believe that with all of my heart. But suddenly it's going to happen. So be careful. And I, I, we are mostly dealt with probably the positive side of it, but please don't, don't overlook or gloss over the negative side of that. Because just as suddenly as those that go to heaven, you leave for this world not knowing God, suddenly you're not going to get to go to heaven. And it'll be too late. Would you join me in prayer for a moment? Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, I pray that you've... Holy Spirit have helped us to say the things that you wanted said in the way you wanted them said. Lord, that even the warning part of this has been said in love because, Lord, it is a terrible thing to leave this world not knowing Jesus as Savior and Lord of our lives. And that sometimes can come more suddenly than we think. 
I think, Lord, there's times you like to do things suddenly, and, and you take great pleasure in that, because, but you were to see it. You've already, we've read it. You've declared it. It's come out of your mouth. You've, you've proclaimed it. But suddenly you will act, and it'll come to pass. I pray, Father God, for everyone that's here tonight, Lord, that we will just continue to hold on to you. And, Lord God, just continue to grow and develop in, in you stronger than we ever have been before, that we might be the children of God that you've called us to be. Father, I pray tonight for those that maybe are listening to this or will listen to it at some time in the future. Lord, if they don't know Jesus as Savior and Lord of their life, I ask you, Father God, by your Spirit, Lord, just quicken them. Speak to their heart. Penetrate the walls. Penetrate the doubt. Penetrate the unbelief. And help them to know, Lord God, that it's not your desire that they spend eternity in a devil's hell. It's not your desire. You take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Your, body, your word declares that. Help them to understand. Help them to know, Lord God, that you don't wish for them to leave this world and go by way of the grave or, or and, and not know you as saving Jesus as saving Lord of their life. Help them, Lord, to call upon you. Help them, Father God, to see. I pray, Father, that everyone that hears this, that Holy Spirit, you will just be loosed into their lives. And I pray that Satan will be bound off of their lives as this word goes forth, as it touches them, and that they will be released from the bondages and, and the entrapment of the enemy and realize they can make Jesus Savior and Lord of their life and that they can spend an eternity with you in that place you've called heaven that place you have prepared. Jesus, you said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Father, help them to understand that, help them to realize it, and help them say, just call out to you and say, Jesus, I need you to be Savior of my life. I want to follow you. I want to know that God is my great, loving, perfect, heavenly Father. And, Lord, know that as you speak, call upon them. Your word says, the book of Romans says, For with the heart man believes unto salvation. With the heart man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Father, I pray as they pray that prayer, not only will they believe it in their heart, but, Lord, they'll find a good Christian person that they can say, Look, I've given my heart and life to Jesus. I've gotten saved. And, Lord, that Christian will reach out to them and lovingly guide them and direct them and help them to grow and to develop to be the kind of people that you want us to be. Father God, go with us, I pray. Minister in every heart and life. And, Father God, I pray that you will move by your Spirit, Lord, again, in the hearts and lives of all of these that we mentioned in our prayer requests tonight, that you're touching right now. Father, I ask you right now in Jesus' name to flow through this place by your Spirit. Holy Spirit of God, touch and heal. Touch and heal. In the name of Jesus, be thou healed and be thou made whole. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the lives right now that you are touching, Lord, in this building and outside this building, Lord. Thank you for healing, Lord God. Thank you for healing. Thank you for healing. Thank you for healing, Lord. 
We praise you and we give you honor and we give you glory for your healing power right now as it's flowing in the hearts and lives of everyone that's hearing this tonight. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, go with us as you always do. May we never forget that you never leave us. You never forsake us. You are with us always, even unto the end of this age. Thank you, Father, for it. Bless this people, I pray, and may they be a blessing to others as we go forth the remainder of this week till we come again to worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you all for coming. Thank you tonight.